When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. You're listening to the Let Him Cook podcast fueled by Cody Road in the Wild Rose Casino Studios. Nigel, happy to have you back in here. Uh, Not kind of a, uh, we're in the doldrums a little bit, kind of in the doldrums of non-conference play. Um, There's good college basketball to go around, but Iowa State just doesn't have a lot on the slate until Big 12 season starts. Fresh off of a 96 to 58 Cyclone victory against Florida A&M, and I talked a little bit about this last week, but Florida A&M came into Iowa State Hilton Coliseum in 2019 and won. Very happy that didn't happen. Um, any just like quick take? Just like, what do you think about this like next this kind of three game stretch between Florida A&M and we got Eastern Illinois and then I think it's New Hampshire. What, how do you stay tuned in, one, as a fan, and two, as a player for the, these next three games? Um, as a fan, it's hard to stay engaged. I don't think there's not much I can do to be wake up and be like, oh, my God, we play Eastern Illinois. Right. Um, but especially after this Saturday, I know it was a great slate of college basketball. It made me very jealous to kind of see all these other teams get battle-tested in mid-December. And we're still kind of riding the mediocre team pull. And I mean, I get it. Like, there's not going to be a lot of teams. Uh, I, mean, I mean, excuse me, students at Hilton. Yeah. Like, for a oh, fan. They're on break now, too. Right. I mean, so, I mean, home. they probably consider that. But it's also like, dude, we got to, like, I would love to just have some sort of Saturday environment. Give, give My thing is, like, give kids a reason to stay a few days longer. Yeah, like into break, so then they can just leave a few days after. But um, I mean, as a player, I, I think a lot of the cliches come to mind where you know just stay ready. Um, you know, just I guess try to mentally stay as locked in as you can. Um, I think treating each team like they're not, you're not better than them is is going to be the best mentality because then you can come out with some sort of fire. But it's it's going to be tough regardless. Uh, to knowing that the holidays around the corner and just knowing that you guys don't have a lot of games to look forward to. So I, I'm a little jealous as a basketball fan, you know, uh, just to see the Purdue's and Arizona's right. going toe-to-toe, giving us early potential Final Four matchups this early in the season. And Iowa State really hasn't seen any of that type of competition since Thanksgiving. 
So, uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's disheartening. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, I looked at the schedule. The thing that I always come back to is it's just like kind of a necessary evil with the Big Twelve Conference. Like, it, it's a lot easier for the committee. You know, we go nine and nine, ten and eight in Big Twelve play. It's easier to send an eleven loss team to the tournament as like a eight seed, seven seed. If you know we play the Purdue's, the Arizona's, the Michigan States in the non-conference, you're looking at maybe a 15-loss team, and maybe we're breaking 500. And I still think Iowa State would be a tournament team, but now your record is something like 17 and 15 instead of like 21 and 11. So I don't know. Like it sucks. Like I, I think playing teams like that probably does more for a program than beating up on Florida A&M, but. I also get it from the point of, you know, you're going to have quad one opportunities probably 16 times in conference play. So, like, Iowa State's going to be battle-tested by the time it matters. But it it, it's, it hurts. That Saturday slate, I was like, holy shit, there's so many good games. And I was like, man, we play Florida a and tomorrow. So, it, it's, it's like, like one of those things. Nuts. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it is, it's tough, too, because, like, I get that. You know, the it is a gauntlet of a conference season, but with conferences getting bigger by the year, yeah, um, I don't think that matters anymore. You know, I think it's not it's not something to disregard. You know, but I th- I, I look at a team like Canvas, excuse me, Kansas, and I envy them yeah. drastically because they've played a ton of good competition despite having that same conference competition coming in January. Right. So. I, I don't know if it's more of a, a confidence thing in TJ. A lot of the, the teams have been very upperclassmen heavy in the TJ era. So that now that all of those kids have graduated, um, with you kind of thinking on paper, like this team's kind of young still, maybe that's the kind of the crutch we're using to let's not yeah. try to schedule too many uh, heavy hitters out the gate. But I think that's probably the best thing you could do for a young Iowa State team because – it's a young Iowa State team. I don't think many people are expecting much out of it anyway, just like how they weren't expecting us to beat North Carolina last year. Yeah. So, and that's with an old team, you know? Right. So, to, I think going forward, I just pray. I really pray that next year, if we get Taman back as a junior, Keyshawn is going to be a senior. Like, yeah. all of those guys are going to be okay and comfortable in their own skin jackson coming back as a junior like we're gonna have so many guys down the list that are gonna be ready i think for that that a-list competition especially in the fall yeah famu not a-list competition um and credit to them they're coming off a rare ncaa back-to-back kind of like an nba setup they played in des moines against iowa nigel i know we both have thoughts about that we'll get to that later but yeah uh, they turned around and had to go to Hilton the next day. Um, and that's a tough turnaround. College teams, you don't see that very often. A lot of these, you know, SWAC or smaller conference programs, this is how they pay the bills. They just kind of go through these gauntlet Midwest road trips, get beat by 30, you know, three times a week, and then make enough money for their athletic department. So it's, it's kind of just a sad reality, but that's that's where FAMU is. Um, I want to congratulate Keith Lamar in joining the long list of bad three-point shooters who just shoot the lights out in Hilton Coliseum. Um, He's a 29% three-point shooter, started five for five 
um, from three, ended seven for 13, over 50% from the three-point stripe. So Keith Lamar, um, not sure if you're hitting the transfer portal next year, but you shoot good in Hilton. So keep us in mind if, if he's looking for a change of scenery. Um, besides that, not a lot. One of their best players went down in the first couple minutes of the game, Love Bettis. Um, man, it, again, like it, they were just outmatched. It, it was a lot similar to non-conference games we've seen so far where Iowa State just kind of can do whatever they want, turn the other team over, and get out and transition. But Keith Lamar, that dude was on – he was taking heat checks. Um, so, again, like if, if that guy wants to hit the transfer portal, hit us up. Yeah, and I mean, too, for on you're you're a player from for a Florida AMU, like you have nothing to lose, like right? That's like, and that's how he was playing. In. You know, you you try to test out to see where your game is uh, at the moment. But I think too going forward, um, just I think it's also important to know, like in these Eastern Illinois games, these other games that we got to just get through before we get to Oklahoma. I think it's important to know that every single one of these teams may have that type of dude. So yeah. if it's not going to be more so of like, obviously they know they're better than those teams, but knowing that they have at least one dude who can go for a career day, um, if not taken the proper intensity to. And I think if you're, if you're mindful of that, I think you can get through this, this end of the out of conference, I guess, gauntlet uh, in, in, in some better shape than, than, I guess anticipated because Oklahoma is scaring me. I'm not gonna lie. They're yeah. they're like uh, I, I knew with with Porter being at Oklahoma, eventually they were gonna find their feet, and it seems like this might be that year. They they're giving me those 2018 Loyola vibes yeah. to where like I wouldn't I wouldn't go to sleep on them early. I mean they're they're a top 11 team in the country, so I it, that's gonna be a great game. And I think that's gonna be your biggest incentive is just like. Let's build so then when we play them, we're not only ready, but we're hungry to beat a good team. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, Oklahoma, one of the only undefeated teams left in the country. Um, and I think that'll be a great challenge for Iowa State. And uh, going back to this this FAMU game, like I said, without Keith Lamar, they scored 31 points. Um, we, there was five Cyclones in double digits. Curtis Jones had nine off the bench, so nearly six players in double digits. And that just kind of goes back to, you know, you and I have been saying it all year, how well-rounded the scoring is from this team. Um, you're not going to be looking at – and I, I think that's kind of new for Otso. Otso. Like, he hasn't really had a team where it can come from anyone. Like, year yeah. one, it was Brockington. Year two, it was kind of a mix of Kausher, Grill, um, Jaron Holmes, if he got hot. Um, and now it's literally you're going to get five, six guys to score around 15, 10 points a game, and that's been a common theme. Um, and I think that is a – like you're going to win more games from that than you would just hoping a guy like Brockington can get you 25 every night because if Brockington has an off night, really hard to rally the troops and get a supporting cast to step up. So, again, that that is a very promising site for me – and another thing we've been kind of harping on, Taman Lipsy has found that three-point shot. Uh, hit five threes yesterday and is looking confident as a shooter. And when you bring that up, it brings me to another point that I wanted to get off my chest in this episode. I know we got some flake last episode from yeah. my comments, allegedly. Let's clear the air here. Allegedly, um, that I said 
uh, Keyshawn and Taman were the best backcourt ever. I don't regard, I don't remember saying that at all, but um, someone um, had enough time on their hands to pull up the alleged time that I said that, again, allegedly. <laughs> so I, I think the quote was, you were talking, because Lipsy had a triple-double, Keyshawn Gilbert had 28 and 8, and you yeah. said, if that backcourt can get triple-doubles on the regular, they could be the best backcourt, yeah. obviously. And which is, that's true. Is that wrong? No. <laughs> Has that happened yet? Also, no. But, I mean, if they're doing that, then I think they're certainly in the conversation. If, the, if they're getting triple-doubles regularly, I think it's hard to – I mean, it, winning also is a huge factor in how far they get in March. But if you have two guards that are doing literally everything on the court, uh, and that's the other thing. They, they were naming some famous Iowa State backcourts, kind of everyone on Cyclone Twitter was – and a lot of them, you have a really good player, someone like Jamal yeah. Tinsley, someone like Fred Hoiberg, um, and then you have whoever the other guy in the backcourt was. Yeah. And the difference, I think, with Lipsy and Gilbert is they're both kind of combo guards. They both can kind of do it all. It's not like not you have one star. Perfectly. Right. You, you have one. It's not like there's one guy who's the guy and then his yeah. backcourt partner. Both of right. these guys are dudes. I mean, they're both yeah, really yeah. good players. So, I again, I don't think they're there yet. But I think, you know, they got two years together this year and next year, hopefully. Um, and I, I think they have a lot that they can throw their name in that in that elite group of Iowa State backcourts. And, like, yeah, and that was my whole point of saying that was it was a hypothetical. I was entertaining right. the idea and really to be excited about <laughs> – the future for those two, yeah. not only for this season, but if they, like you said, if they stay, what could be, you know, yeah. we might be having those same conversations. So when people get on, on Twitter and talk about people that, you know, with all due respect to their games, like I was in my mom's stomach when Jamal Tinsley was playing Correct. basketball. Correct. So I, I think people do kind of forget sometimes we're twenties and we're yeah. in our twenties and, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think for our age, we still know what we're talking about and we know ball. So I need people to to wipe the Cheeto dust off their chest and uh, go touch some grass because I think you're trying to analyze everything I say as literal statements is not going to get you very far. So I, w- I mean, like you said, I, I haven't watched much 80s and 90s Iowa State film. My, my dad grew up an Iowa State fan. Um, so I've <laughs> heard you about you're doing all that. Right. I've heard about Grayer and Hornacek and Cato and Pfizer and Tinsley, but it's more like an oral history of like... They're like urban legends, you know? Right. Like, it, yeah, exactly. It feels like kind of a different realm. And then yeah. really my first memories of Iowa State basketball is like Curtis Stinson and Will Blaylock. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like the Deontay Garretts and going into Hoiberg and and then you know, Prome and uh, so really like from 2000, I would say I really got plugged in like Royce White's, his like first season that I was, his only season at Iowa State, that was right, kind right. of when I really became super aware and into Iowa State basketball. So, which is like early 2010s, right? 2011, so, 2012. And I think that's like anyone our age, like that's when, like we always liked the idea of basketball, but when we became actual like fans, like I heard, yeah. I know I sent sent you this video, but Tyrese Halliburton and Kevin Garnett they were on a uh, on KG's podcast and they talked, uh, and he asked like, when did you start liking basketball? And even Tyrese, who's mind you, uh, in between us, he's a year younger than you, a year and older. he's a year older than me. Right. So, um, 
he said too, like I fell in love with basketball around that 10 to 11 age, which yeah. I would say for me, I became like a, a Nardwar of like memorizing, like trading cards and stuff like that. Right. And I think that's when a lot of people our age got into the sport. If we're into it this much at this age. So people got to remember like, yeah, we can know of those players from the early 2000s, but we weren't conscious. Like, even if we were a baby sitting in front of the TV watching the game, like, right. I don't know what's happening. Right. I just poop my pants. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Right. You know? So it's like, people have to understand, like, we, o- we only become genuinely conscious. Once we become conscious of, you know, the basketball we're watching, that's when we can actually develop opinions on right. those topics, which is why we have the topics we have, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think people got to remember her who they're talking to and <laughs> also i will say you and i especially because i grew up a cyclone fan like right around that time where i was becoming kind of aware of basketball is when like right. fred really started to take off at iowa state so a really good timing um for me because as soon as i got into college basketball iowa state was get, like we're kind of the only program getting high name transfers because nobody was really doing that at that time and just shooting a bunch of threes, playing super entertaining basketball. Um, so, I mean, I got kind of introduced to Iowa State at a really good time. And I think that's why kind of the reason I fell in love with college basketball, because really, I really liked the NBA. You know, I loved Kevin Garnett. I was a big Boston Celtics fan, the big three. Hated yes. LeBron growing up. So I really, I probably fell in love with the NBA before I fell in love with college basketball. And it was kind of voice white. <laughs> And that team that and Fred Hoiberg and his style of play that really got me to fall in love with college basketball. So yeah, that's just kind and, of a, a backstory. Well, and for me too, like being in a situation where I wasn't always an Iowa State fan, right? Like it was like I'm kind of an Iowa State fan by chance, and just because of situation. But yeah, something that was a huge attraction to me was I think being a Duke fan and seeing the Cameron Crazies. I saw a lot of that in Hilton. Yeah. And I saw it in people who are 60 and 70 years old. So I was like, oh, right. my God, like, where is this place? Ames, Iowa. Yeah. You start doing your homework. And then I think that same love and passion and pageantry of, like, the environment, I think that's what fully sold me on Iowa State. I, I didn't know anything about Hoiberg at the time. I didn't know anything about – and mind you, Hoiberg played for the Bulls. I still didn't know anything about Hoiberg. So, yeah. like, it was all like, oh, I'm trying to connect all these dots. And it was just – I think that's what made it. Iowa State such an attractive like I I like to call you guys before I even like had any affiliation I'm like man they're like the Cameron crazies of the Midwest like yeah. forget Kansas like yeah. this is it I I've never seen a, a place get this loud at the most appropriate times in a basketball game and I I, I go back to the the iconic uh George Niang led victory against Buddy Heald and the Oklahoma uh-huh. Sooners so hopefully hopefully yeah. we can see that same type of energy this year right. when we play undefeated Oklahoma, it, I think it's a, it's a great setup for a, a good memory for us Cyclone fans. And the other cool thing that I, I like about Hilton, a lot of the best atmospheres in college basketball, it feels like the crowd is great because the teams are always great. Like with Duke, yeah. I mean, they've been good at basketball for the last 40 years. Kansas has yeah. been good at basketball since they've invented the game. And a team like Iowa State, it it feels like our teams are elevated because of how crazy our home court advantage is. We've had some great teams, but it it feels like Hilton is just as much as a factor as the actual team playing on the floor. So that's another – you just don't see that kind of 
obsession and crazed fans for a lot of programs similar to Iowa State's program success. It's kind of an outlier in how crazy that home environment is with the success that Iowa State has had. And, and there's something cool about being a, a respected program to where it's like the elite programs respect you. However, you always feel like an underdog. Yeah. Like there's something that's kind of really comforting about that. I think I think your average everyday man could become an Iowa State fan. Right. I, I think that's something unique about our school and what we the culture we have there and what we have to offer for athletics is just like no matter where you come from, I think you can get behind, you know, the kids in Cardinal and Gold. And I think it's you can't necessarily do that for every elite team in the in the country because they all have their stereotypes. I don't think Iowa State has a like a hateable stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's very easy to like um that group and that culture and that well, just the athletic department as a whole, you know? So I think uh, that's, that's definitely something that's unique about us. And I think it's what makes us special at the end of the day. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, Iowa state is just kind of, as long as you're loud at games, kind of the only thing that yeah. we need yeah. from you. Like that, that's kind of the only, only thing on the application. Can you be loud? And Can if the answer noise? is yes, be an Iowa state fan. Uh, looking ahead on the schedule, we got Eastern Illinois on Thursday. I think, did Eastern Illinois beat Iowa last year? Or was it two years ago? I feel like I've heard. Last year, they beat Iowa. Okay. And it was, I think it was the same thing. It was like a late December game. Yeah. I know because my buddy, uh, Caleb Donaldson, shout out to Caleb. He, uh, he plays for Eastern and they, he was like, he had a great game. So I was very happy to see that. Yeah. And uh, this year, Kansas only beat them by eight um at the fog so and there's been other games where they've lost by you know 40 points to i don't i let me look at their schedule but i mean it's not like they're a great mid-major team but they gave kansas a scare so maybe out of like florida a&m new hampshire and eastern illinois i would guess eastern illinois is probably the best out of those three however i think the line is probably going to be close to 25 points something like that so um Again, though, like a lot of these games, if you sleepwalk through them, you can end up like Kansas and only beat a team like this by eight. So you got to stay on your toes. Um, And it's a Thursday game. Again, you're not going to have students. So it it might be kind of a weird atmosphere um, come Thursday. Yeah, it might be. It it might be one of the – well, I mean, and I think this is the only benefit to playing – well, there's multiple benefits to playing those preseason scrimmages. But I think – you know how in those preseason scrimmages, they kind of emphasize, like, we got to create our own energy because right. no one's going to be here. I think that's got to be emphasized heavy on Thursday. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Conrad's got to do. I don't know if he's got to take his shirt off or something before that gotta game. Like, he's he's got to pump people up. I think the walk-ons got to do it a little bit extra uh, when it comes to just, like, getting guys, like, just actually juiced up to go out there. And like, I know there's not going to be a lot of people here, but let's just act like there is. And it, I think too, it's a, it's a cool mental exercise to a, a degree where like, you can almost treat it like, let's act like this is a road game almost. Like we don't have any fans here. What are we going to do about it? You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. I think, oh, what were we going to say? Like exactly right. Just like you need to find a way to win on your own, like go into this game kind of understanding. I, I know the nice thing. You, no class 
these are student athletes at the end of the day. You don't have class all week. So just be in the gym. Um, I, I lived close to Ames as a student. So I, I mean, I would come back for like Christmas day or Christmas Eve or something like that. But for the most part, I just stayed in Ames year round. It's just kind of a cool vibe in Ames when like all the, no, no offense to students, but like, it just feels empty. It feels like you kind of have the, the town to your own. Um, and I can just imagine like, what, what is there to do besides, you know, go to the training center and just get shots up. So yeah. it's like, it's Christmas break, but you know, just pure basketball now. I, I gotta, I feel the exact opposite. I, I, I have to go back home for Christmas. Yeah. I don't know why it's, uh, this is something about Chicago, dude. Like something about Illinois Christmas. It's like, I, I guess I don't know any better. So it's like, I never wanted to break that normal. Right. And you know, I, I always I always miss my friends back home too. So they were always like, "Bro, are you coming home?" So I'm like, yeah, "I guess I will." So I also I, I like- never I I would well, I would tell you this when I got you remember well you don't remember do you remember no because you graduated a year before so you're for context everyone Dylan is two years older than me yet he graduated three years before me correct so I forget you didn't graduate quote unquote with your class right. So um, you weren't a part of the COVID winter break where it was two full months, bro. It was sick. Semester ended on November. So the November break that you get for Thanksgiving, I kid you not, bro. It was a hybrid winter break. It was Thanksgiving break all the way to like January 20th. I don't remember that. At all. Oh, maybe bro, I do kind of remember that. Two full months, no school. I was in heaven. Mind you, though, I had to get back because I was a manager. So I had to be back by uh, – it was like January sixth, awkward, awkward day in history. <laughs> um, but it was it was around that time, and like I kind of get what you mean. Where like there is no one on campus, there is yeah. no one you know here, so it, no, there is nothing to do but get in the gym. And I think it's to use to your advantage the fact that volleyball season is over. You're not sharing Hilton as much. Right. Uh, I know that was a big complaint as to why like the, the basketball team can't always get in Hilton because other teams are using it. But I right. think. If you can be in Hilton specifically all week, just shooting, shooting, yeah. shooting, just spending time in the gym, literally the gym, not the practice facility, the gym. I think that will do that'll pay dividends to we can potentially have another good shooting day, like from a Curtis, a Jackson today. I mean yesterday, excuse me. Um, and I think that's gonna pay off uh I think uh heavily. So staying in the gym, yes, but staying in Hilton more, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, that, I mean, I, I think that's a great move. Again, like I, I would say in summers up in Ames, it's just, it's a, a relaxed, just, it's, it's, it feels like a small town once all the yeah. students sleep. I mean, you're just kind of in a small town in the Midwest at that point. There, there's not a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of, every restaurant is like, there's no line in the drive through I mean, it's just, it, it's good vibes, good energy up there in Ames when, when all the students go home. So. Dylan wants to live a simple life. All you college <laughs> kids are ruining it. <laughs> Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. The first thing I want to harp on, uh, like we said, the Hawkeyes played FAMU on Saturday. It was kind of a Caitlin Clark extravaganza. She got to play back in her hometown of Des Moines, but, um, the men played FAMU, I think first. And I think the women's game was the actual like primetime headliner, which checks out for that program. But, um, as soon as they beat again, Florida A&M, this is what the Iowa men's basketball tweeted out. The Capitals home team. Now, 
little state history for you, Nigel. Iowa City was actually the state capital of Iowa in like the 1800s. And I think that was probably the last time that so Iowa was the capital's right. home nice. team. Noted. Uh, so, again, like, how dumb. Also, I really wish, Nigel, you might not have been an Iowa State fan yet, but the Big Four Classic, they would have it at Wells Fargo every year. Yeah. And Iowa State and Iowa would take turns playing Drake and you and I. And, it, I mean, again, like, that would just be a great, like, event to have around this time of year. Um, just, like, kind of a, a game for, you know, fans in the Des Moines Metro to go out and support, whether you're an Iowa State fan, a Drake fan, an Iowa fan, a UNI fan. You could come to Des Moines and support your team, and you could watch two really good college basketball games. And I, I think Iowa and Iowa State were both kind of the, you know, the ones that were like, we're not doing this anymore. Um, we'd rather, you know, have a home game and be able to make more money, make which money. makes sense. It, it yeah. sucks, I think, as a college basketball fan. But if, if you're going to say you're the Capitals' home team, one, you lost to Iowa State, and two, you didn't play Drake. So yeah, I just think now's not the time. <laughs> right. I don't really. You won in the city of Des Moines, I guess, against Florida yeah. A&M. I don't think that makes you the Capitals' home team. Um, man, I don't know. I, I think sometimes Iowa takes <clears> – <throat> I think they kind of ride the coattail of the women's team sometimes too much, and I think that's what they might have gotten that kind of, like, skewed confidence from because I don't know. Like, that's just a very tone-deaf tweet Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Like, I, I get even, – even I think last year would have been more ideal to say that because right. – they swept us like, yeah, cool, whatever. Um, and we beat them in football, but we beat them on a, a missed field goal. So like, yeah, it, sure. It, you guys, you guys got the best of us last year. It is what it is this year though. It, that's just not the case. Like no. I I think it's just, no, it's, it's a bad, like the social media guy needs to be thrown in the gauntlet for that yeah. one. Yeah. Look, go back to the drawing board on, go, on no, the, uh, throw him in the gulag. Yeah. Forget that. Put him in the gulag because that that was terrible. And now I'm actually thinking about it. Like, I and, and it also bothers me. Like, Kalen is from Des Moines. Yeah. You know, like we talked about this off air, but Des Moines. I don't care what anyone says. Des Moines is Iowa State territory. I don't care how you people look at it. Like, you're not gonna be two hours away from us and be like, "Oh, that's our cap." No, it isn't. Right. No, it isn't. So I, I think. It, it it always boggles my mind that Fenley couldn't get Kalen Clark here. And yeah, and I, I know there is some – Ashley Jones and Kalen Clark played on the same AAU team. Yeah, I heard there was beef there. There's so. some beef. So, you know, we don't have to get into all that. But And the other thing that kind of sucks is the way Bill Fenley has played basketball forever is like shoot the three. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of his calling card. And you get one of the best college three-point shooters of all time growing up in the backyard of, of Ames. And so that, that, that is tough. But the other thing about – and the quote tweets on that Iowa tweet are incredible. And yeah, give me a laugh. Go, go just look at those. Yeah. And a little inside uh, baseball in terms of Cyhawk Twitter here for you, Nigel. There has been this running theory on – you know, why is the men's basketball attendance at Iowa City not that well? And they always say, you know, it's so far away from Des Moines. All the Hawkeye fans in Des Moines don't want to drive two hours on a work day and two hours back. Uh, they had a game in Des Moines. The women's game was, you know, almost 
I, I don't think it was technically a sellout, but it was a lot more full than the men's game was. So I don't even think you can say that anymore. Like, I mean, they had a home game, and I know it's against Florida A&M, so, you know, you're not drawing a big opponent. But, you know, there's a game downtown Des Moines, and you still couldn't, you know, fill up the the lower bowl and the upper bowl. So don't really well, want to hear Iowa, that. Go ahead. I think I was going to be in a weird spot the next few years because I – at some point, the Caitlin train, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to die. Yeah. Like, it's going to come to an end at some point. And I don't think there's going to be that much more of an incentive for fans to be that engaged in basketball, period. Yeah. Because I don't see much of – outside of Freeman and Harding, I don't see much, like, potential <laughs> sitting in that locker room for the, for the most part. So um, I think going forward, you know, you got to kind of just – I, maybe they're trying to live in in it's like it's like a, it's like someone who knows like their 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 uh what's it called their their prime is coming to an end so you're just trying yeah. to live the glory days right now but I think at some point I don't I don't think they're gonna be a powerhouse in either sport I mean in either and, gender for for the sport right. men or women's I. I would guess Fran McCaffrey's time might be, I know he got a contract extension, so he'd have to buy that contract out, but I don't like. He looks checked his, out. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's never made it the second week. About it. His youngest son has said that he's probably not going to Iowa. Yeah. Um, and that was and the this, big kicker for me. I'm like, okay, so this program is like on the decline. Right. Like, why, why is he not coming there? I was going to say, if you can't get your own son to, you know, Come to your when program. You got the first two, like what's yeah. what's really going on? I don't know. And then I'm, I was hearing that he was in the he was in the running for the Notre Dame job this summer. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I I think the men's team is on a on a steeper decline than the women's. But I think right. from a recruiting standpoint, I don't think you can just recreate a a Caitlin situation. I think those come yeah. once every blue moon. Yeah. So and, and especially like an Iowa kid. I mean, we, yeah. we produce good talent in women's basketball, but Caitlin Clark is kind of a once in a generation type right talent. And and it's like you're gonna miss out on like the bigger names in, in women's basketball in Iowa, like Jenica Lewis. I don't think she's staying in the state. Yeah, know? she's really good from Waukee. So I, I I don't know what the future holds for either of those programs. And <laughs> I will. I will not lie. I am kind of hating right now. I'm okay with that. I'm. I'm man enough to admit it. I'm man yep. enough to. Admit it, all right. But hey, you know, if I have to, if I have to see their downfall, oh no. As we're hating on the Big Ten, let's talk about Peacock. Now I have YouTube TV. I have ESPN Plus. This Peacock. You're about Peacock distribution service. Yes. Okay. Just. just Purdue in Arizona, possibly the biggest matchup of non-conference college basketball and you put it on peacock what are we the number one team against the number three team in at purdue what are we doing you're telling me that's on peacock i I was there i mean there is seven espn channels fs1 fs2 fox cbs cbs sports network i can go on and you're telling me there wasn't one of them that could show two hours of a top five matchup, a top three matchup on a Saturday. So I didn't watch it. I didn't get to watch the top, I mean, the best basketball game on Saturday because they hit it on some made-up streaming service that the Big Ten is just, you know, put their flag in. I'm not buying Peacock. There's no shot, dude. You don't have Peacock? No. 
Dude, I love Peacock. You, you need to get, I have, I should give you my password. For the office? Like, what is, what's even on there? Uh, I'm a big Saturday Night Live guy. It's okay. just like white noise in the background. Yeah. Um, what else? There's a ton of good shows, like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, oh, I no, you I, I'll give you my Peacock password, but it, it's a it's a great streaming service. We can't get we can't be putting. I like I understand like you know if you want to hide a Rutgers Nebraska game in February, put that on Peacock while nobody's paying attention. By that all means, under the bus, man. So, sorry, Nebraska's bad at basketball. They just had a great win at K State, by the way. They did. You're right. You're right. Maybe let me let me rephrase. Like a Minnesota Rutgers matchup in February. There we go. Um, but like Purdue and Arizona, we're putting that on Peacock. Yeah, I think the 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 people who choose like the the whole like what channel gets what, like what time gets what, they they can be very tone deaf sometimes. Yeah. I think. They're, you got to be able to flex it. Like you got to be able to just change stuff on the fly because that yeah, game will not be on Peacock. I understand the game is going to happen regardless. So I, why changing the channel is such a big deal is beyond me. It, I don't know if it's like a situation where like they got to sign a dotted line um, in advance. Cause right. if they did that, I could probably assume that they didn't expect Arizona to be this good. And they expected yeah. Purdue to just continue to be a top three team and not really break off from that. So it's like, why, save that for like a huge slate um when you have so much good game so many good games on um i think it, it's I, I personally I, I i didn't expect arizona to be this good and i think it was just we kind of forgot how many people they had coming back and yeah. the fire that arizona is playing with this year is probably like no other because they are also the team let's not forget who lost to 15 seed princeton in day one of the national the NCAA tournament last year, so yeah, it's it's a good team with good freshmen, good sophomores returning, and then on top of it, you got fire lit under your ass, size of you know Canada. So I, I yeah. think they're gonna be uh, sob to to deal with for the rest of the season, and it's gonna call for some great games uh, down the road. And Purdue is Purdue has even produced. Uh, I would say an improved roster because you have all those key guys from last year who came right. and played a huge role. Getting Zach back was huge. Yeah. But you also get uh, SIU transfer Lance Jones, who's from Evanston, Illinois. He's, he was a great player uh, growing up with me. He uh, actually played, uh, I don't know if you know EJ Liddell. He yeah. played at yeah. Ohio State, State, now with the Pelicans. Um, they played each other in state championship my senior year. And Lance was just so tough and you know they they've got Purdue. Purdue's got they've reloaded at the guard spot, so now they have that depth too. And yeah. I think those two teams are they're teams you might see in the Final Four without a doubt. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like it truly was like a Final Four preview kind of game. I mean, both those teams could be one seeds come March. Yeah, and like I really think Arizona has a capacity to go undefeated in the Pac-12, um, which is just kind of down this year in basketball across the board. So uh, the other thing. And this is, I, I was going to mention this when we were talking about kind of how easy our non-conference slate is. Baylor went up to Detroit to play Michigan State. And now I know we're young, but I am, I am, uh, I, I'm almost positive I was alive for the uh, Auburn and Palace, or Palace and Auburn Hills. Uh, Iowa State was a two seed. Michigan State was the number one overall seed. Uh, it's Tom Izzo's only national championship. Uh, Mateen Cleaves played his ass off, and they beat Iowa State. A um, lot of controversy around that game. A lot of people thought Iowa State should have been a one seed, and it was ridiculous that they got 
in the same bracket as Michigan State to begin with. Uh, but really the crux of the story or the moral of that story is don't play Michigan State in Detroit. Um, they beat the brakes off of Baylor and kind of looked like the Michigan State team that everybody thought they were going to be this year. Yeah. Um, I'm going to – is it Cohen, Cohen Carr? He's a freshman, and he's like one of the – I mean, he has Zion Williamson levels of athleticism. Five. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see much. <clears throat> I, I saw like things he was doing to other teams. But they played, dude, I was like, what's the hype around this kid? Like, I yeah. didn't see much, but like he had a great game. Yeah, and he doesn't – I think like the skill, like he's obviously not there skill-wise yet, but his athleticism, I, like I really think he could play any sport he wanted yeah. and figure out a way because he had like a breakaway windmill dunk, and I was like, oh, my. Like, I hope just, the Pistons are in there because they, they need to start scouting soon. That's what I'm saying. Like Michigan State might have been the best team to play in Detroit all year because right. the Pistons stink. Yeah, um, like 24 in a row. Yeah. Uh, that's rough. That's just kind of the thing. Like Baylor probably, you know, they, they were favored in that game and you lose by 20. And now, you know, you're trying to rally the troops going into the into Big 12 after just getting embarrassed by Michigan State. So there's pros and cons to playing Florida A&M's instead of Michigan State's because I would much rather, you know, beat Florida A&M by 35 than go to Detroit and lose by 20. So it's just you kind of get and you give with that. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think too, like, it's just like the the way basketball is where it's like it's a game of runs. People are going to make their run. You're going to make your run. I think that's kind of how a season goes. Like, yeah, Michigan State's just that team who's been kind of kicked in the face a bunch right. early. And I think a team like Baylor, who hasn't been kicked in the face yet, needed that kick in the face. Yeah. And everyone's going to get their kick in the face at some point. We got it early against VTech. Yep. And I think it's a huge wake-up call to a lot of these great teams that, like, on any given day, anybody can beat us. On any given day, we can beat anyone. And I think it's going to call for some great conference play uh, going forward. But it is it is good to see, I guess, in these early year in these early games that hey, Baylor's beatable, um, yeah. Kansas State is beatable. Like all these teams that we were worried about initially, even in our first episode talking about who do we think is going to you know stand out in the conference, they're showing early on like they're not perfect either. So right. I think. That's a good thing to keep in mind when you're Iowa State. And again, being that, I don't know why it always ends up that our first conference game, we got to open up with the hardest opponent. For the most part, uh, we start out the last two seasons with Baylor, and then we got to start out with Oklahoma this year, who is undefeated. So I think my best advice would just to be prepare for Oklahoma through these other teams. Yeah. Like, Start getting in the mindset of we are going to play undefeated Oklahoma right now because yep. I think it's going to translate easily or easier, especially with the holiday in the way, all that good stuff. People are going to be traveling a lot back and forth. I think that's the best mindset you could have going forward. Looking around, this is kind of last thing I got on the on the slate here, your neck of the woods, Nigel. Kim Mulkey getting ejected up 41 they were winning by four. It was 71 to 30. Angel Reese has an offensive foul, and Kim Mulkey gets ejected against Northwestern State through a tantrum, through a hissy fit on the court. What are we doing? You're up 41. Just just internalize that one. Come on. I think, I think it's uh, you know how some people, you know how Calipari does this a lot. You know how he'll get like tossed out of a game on purpose to see how yeah. his team responds? I think it was one of those. I think. 
we LSU was starting out the game real shaky just for being NSU. I think Mulkey kind of went because I don't know if the game before they played McNeese State. Good God. And they won 144 to like 40 something. Like it was like a 90 point game. So it was like 132 to 44 or something. Um, so I think she was expecting that same level of intensity, especially going into Christmas break. Like she's probably going to send them off after today, like go see your families, like all that right. good stuff. And I think she, they probably start, I think they started out slower than anticipated. And again, they didn't have Haley. She's still dealing with that uh, whole foot issue. So I think it was just kind of that I'm sending a message because, you know, this team hasn't had that much of a wake up call. And I think, I think when you're seeing Angel and, you know, other coaches having to hold her back. I think that's kind of, you know, other people are saying, oh my God, Angel's holding coach back. Like it, it just kind of, it kind of wakes people up. And I, some people need that. And she, look, she told the rep, you have to toss me. And when someone says you have to toss me, it's almost like you're asking them to sure. please toss me, you know? So I think it's just uh, great teams need a, need a little jolt of energy. And I think it needs to come sometimes in the non cliche ways. Like, not every great team is going to need some big halftime high school musical speech. You know, I think right. sometimes you need to go out there, show your ass, and then prove a point. I don't I She might have just had reservations somewhere in Baton Rouge, wherever the best place to eat is down there. Please, and, that woman is free in Baton Rouge. <laughs> had to get out there early. Uh, just, I don't know. I, there's something just corny about getting ejected when you're winning by 41. I, Whatever. <laughs> Would I do it? No, but I, I, I try to always put myself in a perspective of she's not dealing with the average women's team in yeah. the country. She's dealing with one of the best, and right. one of the best have some of the biggest egos. So when you're playing a team like Northwestern State, who is not that good, I think you got to kind of, you know, I, actually, let me, let me go back on Northwestern State. They're, it's not that they're not good. They're just, they're, Northwestern State's in that situation like an FAMU where they're trying to just, you know, get their licks in early playing right. these harder teams. Um, and this is a part of the gauntlet. You know, they played almost every in-state competition. And I think once they get back to Southland, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. But it's just, you know, you're playing <clears throat> the Pied Piper of the state when it comes to right. women's basketball. So I think Mulkey also wants to be like, hey, let's not like fool around with these girls. Like let's send a message early and often. And when you're not seeing that, you need to do something else to get that response out of them. And I think they responded after that. So I think, you know, those good teams, they need those. You you, you see it all the time, those documentaries, how, you know, there's different ways of motivating. And that might be one of them. Who knows? Yeah. Pass for me. I'll take my coach. Hey, I wouldn't do anything. I want you to know that. I, that's not something I do personally, but I'm with you on that. Uh, Iowa State, we got Eastern Illinois uh, Thursday. We got New Hampshire on New Year's Eve. And then Big 12 play starts ramping up. I can't wait for the the conference season. Not just Big 12, but just as a whole. Um, There's something special about conference games. I think it's kind of the – the what makes college basketball tick i just i love seeing classic big 12 matchups acc matchups big 10 matchups as long as they're not on peacock um it, it's just kind of my peacock password relax it, it just, it's what makes college basketball so great these these conference rivalries um the home atmosphere is always just a little bit better a little more juiced up so happy to get into january um i'm not sure nigel what our scheduling will look like in the next couple of weeks with podcasts just with the holidays ourselves 
um, but we'll be tapped in and ready to go for conference play. Do you want to let the people know anything before we get out of here? Um, yes, I do, actually. First, I want to just wish everybody happy holiday, whatever you celebrate, uh, yep. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas. Um, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you know. Just keep chilling. Happy, happy day. Yep. <laughs> um, but – uh, I, I saw to, – to, to rewind back earlier to the point of us, our age being brought yeah. up, and we don't bring up certain players, certain this and that. I also saw saw a comment of how um, we were getting slack for, for having hype, like we were hype about the right. clones. And I want to make a PSA that I will never, ever, ever apologize for bringing this damn energy day yeah. in and day out. Who do you think you are? Criticizing a man for his passion? I I, I just I won't I won't tolerate that. I, I won't tolerate that. And I'm gonna continue to bring it. I'm continuing to be hype. I'm not gonna be analytical 24-7. I think that's boring. And sometimes you gotta call it how it is. You gotta you got I gotta draw you in first before I can start spitting statistics at you. You know, right. this isn't I'm not a AI. This isn't an AI podcast. These are people with personalities, all right? And I'm gonna bring it. Every day. This is, this is not Ken Palm uh, chat GPT right here. I do love Ken Palm, but I'm not just going to talk about offensive rating. Right. And yeah, strength of if schedule, strength of record. We're alumni. Yeah. We love Iowa State. Yeah. We love Iowa State basketball. So when, forgive me if Tate and Lipsy has another triple double, I might, I might set something on fire out of excitement. Who right. knows? You know? And, and that's just, that's, right. I, I might, Burn my dresser, you know, and I love my dresser, but I love Iowa State basketball even more. So that that just goes to show that I'm not this energy, this passion, this hype ain't going nowhere. So mm. you better get used to it. In the great words of Chris Williams, adapt or die. Bring That's your lunch. Bring your lunch to this podcast because we're here. We're here. All right. We're uh, happy holidays. Uh, we love you. Go Cyclones. See ya. <laughs>